0: What's going on, man? Welcome back to The Basement. I'm Ron. It's week three. Sadly, we have a ton of injuries here to go over. A lot of people are sort of wondering what they should do with their lineup, start sick questions based around these injuries. So we are bringing on, I mean, we do this every single week, but we are bringing on a good friend of the channel at this point, doctor of physical therapy, nowhere of all injuries. We have Tom Christ. How, how are you doing today on this fine Saturday? I'm-
1: yeah, fine Saturday. It is absolutely pouring here in Philadelphia, but uh, outside of that, I'm doing great. How about you?
0: Uh, doing good as well. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of injuries to talk about, um, which is kind of the the bummer part. I will say a guy I was drafting a ton of. Now, what this video is, I feel like I always do a poor job of explaining things, but we have Tom Christ on here, injury specialist, the the fantasy injury team. You can find them Twitter. We'll have the links everywhere in the comment section, but we go through every last minute injury here just to sort of get our get a bearing on sort of what to expect tomorrow morning when we're setting lineups just to sort of get a feel on what's going on with the injuries because I'll be honest like I do weekly rankings every week and if I didn't have this video I'm kind of just winging it when it comes to the injuries I'm just sort of I don't know he hasn't practiced in two days like that's kind of what's going on but Tom gives us a little bit more context here what we can expect in terms of re-injury rate and just kind of performance overall um so with that said a guy who I was drafting a ton of We have Christian Watson first here who feels like we have been talking about him, you know, once a week since the season has started Christian Watson. Where are we at on the hamstring like is he is he going to play finally is is he going to sit out another week. What are you hearing uh, about Christian Watson here.
1: Well, he's been limited this week, which is better than last week. Uh, obviously, he's missed the first two games with this hamstring. And what we need to keep in mind, this is the same hamstring he injured last year. So whenever you have recurring injury to the same tissue, the quality of that tissue is not going to be 100% that it was prior to any, any injury. So even without that, we know that there's high risk for re-injury with hamstrings. But knowing that he's already injured this hamstring before, it's going to elevate that future injury risk even more um last week we talked about jerry judy how he was coming back from a from a pretty notable hamstring injury and i had talked about how i thought that that was a trap starting him i think starting christian watson this week is a total trap because he's not 100 we know that because he's, he's only practicing limited We all we on average see a decline in fantasy production from receivers in their first game after hamstring of about 13% and about 16% decline in their snap rate. And that's really because the difference with a receiver and a running back is that receivers run much further on a typical play. So they're able to get up to their peak speed, which is when hamstrings are under the most force. So more likely that it's going to impact his top end speed or a re-injury to occur. So I'm taking the approach with Watson that I'm not going to start him until I see it from him. I'm taking a more conservative approach there. Could he go out and have a big game? Yeah, but I just think it's more likely that he's going to put a hole in your roster this week, starting him, than to have a really much of an impact this week.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at as well. I had a lot of questions. I did a uh, top 36 wide receiver rankings video this week, and he didn't make the cut. But it seems like, from what you're saying, at least he's going to play this week, right? Like, he has a good shot to play here.
1: Uh, Well, this is going to be one that Schefter lets us know at like three in the morning what's going on. He has practiced this week, which is better than last week, but we don't have clarity yet on if he's going to play or not.
0: Yeah. So it seems like he's a toss up to play. If he does play, it's sort of a trap. The Saints also have like a top five pass defense right now. I think that they're only allowing, I think they're allowing the 25th most fantasy points to wide receivers. So it's a pretty tough matchup, anyways. I think if you have Christian Watson and you're playing him, you kind of just have to be in a desperation spot. Like if you're just, I don't know, it's tough, right? Like you have Deontay Johnson hurt and everything. So if you're hurting at wide receiver, he's not unstartable, uh, but he's not a top 36 option for me, really, if he does go. uh, In that same team, same organization, we have Aaron Jones, who's also dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, What can we expect? It seems like he's a true 50-50 to play this week. Where what are you sort of looking at with Jones here in terms of his uh, recovery and if there's any sort of like similarity and differences between his and uh, Christian Watson
1: and, and I'm glad you said that last part there because from the reports it sounds like they're pretty much in the same boat as far as their likelihood of playing now the difference here is what I had just said at the end of my breakdown of, of Watson running backs don't get up to their top speed as much so that's why we see the data on the fantasyinjuryteam.com. We don't see a decline in fantasy performance and running backs when they return from this injury. We Like, not at all, on average. So, if he plays, you're starting him. No question about it. Unless we're getting reports that like Jones is going to play, but on a snap count. Then, it's like you got to look at your roster construction. Do you have a more reliable piece to play in, in, instead of him? But even if he is on a snap restriction, I mean, he t- usually is anyway because he splits with A.J. Dillon. So I- I'm on the boat that if Aaron Jones is playing, yes, there's an increased risk for re-injury. There always will be when a player comes back from a hamstring. But we don't see a dip in production for running backs. So fire him up if he's playing.
0: Yeah, and running back, I mean, it's just so disgusting right now with all of the studs that are out. You know, Saquon out, Chubb out. You likely don't have a better option you know, if you drafted Aaron Jones and you're thinking through running backs this week. So if he plays, you play him. If not, you don't, it seems like he's a true 50 50. We'll probably get clarity on the Schefter midnight report or whatever, but uh, just we'll have to see and keep tabs on that. The next player I have listed here, I have him down as like a thigh slash hamstring injury, but it's Devante Smith. I didn't really even catch him getting hurt. I think what he played last Thursday. So that feels like it was a long time ago. Uh, Curious sort of what you're seeing with Devonte Smith and just sort of what this thigh hamstring uh, situation is here.
1: Yeah, this one kind of flew onto the radar, uh, which typically tells me that it's not that severe. Hamstring and thigh is usually a quad injury. So those are your two big muscles on, on the, the thigh. But he did practice limited on Thursday and Friday. They don't play until Monday, so that's an extra day of rest. It sounds pretty optimistic of him playing. But well, we could see a little bit of a hit on production, like we just talked about with Watson, about a 13% decline in fantasy performance for receivers and a 16% decline in snap rate. With the quad, we don't see any change in fantasy production or snap rate, so he's got that going for him. It, it really doesn't sound like this is that significant, so if he does play, you start him. With it being Monday night, you've got to have backups ready to, to pivot to if needed. Um, I Zacchaeus is one from the Eagles. It looks like Quez Watkins is going to be out as well. So Zacchaeus would step into that wide receiver two role. Van Jefferson plays Monday night. He's an, not a not a sexy pivot, but he's one that's probably available. So just make sure you're protecting yourself with guys to pivot to. But if he plays, you're going to start him.
0: Yeah, exactly. He'll be like a top 15 play. Bucks have a pretty good run defense as well. I, I don't really see, much as I love DeAndre Swift, I, I don't really see it being the same sort of 170-yard rushing performance on the Bucks. It's probably going to be a lot more through the air than it was last week. So Devontae Smith, if you have him and he's playing, you should fire him up. But the Monday uh, night football game is a little bit of a weird twist there. I would say Tutu Atwell as well, but he's probably owned in most spots. Uh, we also have Isaiah Pacheco here. I didn't catch him in his game pulling the hamstring, but it's it's felt like he's had groin issues since the offseason. Groin hamstring is obviously not the same exact thing, but uh, I guess muscle tightness in general. What are are we seeing on uh, Pacheco? It seems like he didn't practice Wednesday, and then he's had two limited uh, practice sessions here.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, and the reports are saying that it looks like he's trending towards playing. Again, like we talked about with Aaron Jones, no hit on fantasy production for running backs when they return from hamstring injury but of course the re-injury risk is always there to me he's a fringe starter anyway so if you have a better option I would lean that way which is kind of where my assessment here differs from Aaron Jones and it's purely from a talent standpoint Um, when we have these injuries that like Could impact how they play, could be an increased risk for getting hurt in the game, and it's a player who's not elite. He's like, towards the end of your starting roster, fringe starting, not starting, that's when I would typically lean towards benching them, purely for safety, because if he goes in, even if he's playing well in the first quarter, if he re-injures that hamstring, well, he probably got you like two points, and now you're screwed, whereas Aaron Jones could easily put up nine points in the first quarter. Um, so I'm leaning towards benching him for that reason, simply just because he's not an elite player and, and there is some injury concern here, even though it's not a huge injury concern.
0: Yeah, and it's a it's a dual-edged sword here with this matchup because they're twelve and a half point favorites at home versus the Bears, which means they should be able to run the ball, lean on Pacheco. But I could almost see a scenario as well where they get out to such a lead versus the bears that you see a lot of Clyde Edwards, a down the stretch. Like, I, I don't even know. I think people are going to look at this match and be like, man, I think that you have to start Pacheco here, but I agree with the, the hamstring. They might even be more hesitant to use him as much as they would in a game script like this. So for me, I have him as like a fringe top 30 guy. Again, running back is so rough that if you're in a spot where you have to play Pacheco, you know, it sort of happens to the best of us. It's just where we're at on the running back position, but yeah, he doesn't feel like a great start. Now, a, probably the biggest story right now is the Bengals. And I've honestly been uh, waiting to hear your opinion on Burrow and this whole calf injury because the calf injury scares me. And I hate to say this, as a Jets fan, we've been through a ton, but the way that the Achilles thing happened, and it's like, it's tough to sort of say, uh, it's not quite a chicken or the egg thing, but he did have a calf strain in the preseason and then he ends up tearing his Achilles. I believe, I mean, you're going to get into it, but I believe when you have a calf injury, that puts you a little bit more at risk for an Achilles or, you know, some sort of, really serious injury down the line. So I'm sort of curious where you're at on Burrow, what we should be thinking about the calf injury, uh, and sort of what your idea is of of how it affects the entire Bengals offense this week.
1: Yeah, uh, and first off, we saw that with Kevin Durant several years ago as well. He had the calf injury that then led to the Achilles tear tear in the playoffs. Um, I'm quickly becoming bearish on Joe Burrow for the next couple weeks. I mean, long-term, if they do the right thing with his rehab, which at 0-2, it's kind of hard to do that. But if they do allow him to really get healthy, he could be the typical Joe Burrow that we know and love for the remainder of the season. But the fact that he re-aggravated that this week, that restarts the healing process, the rehab process. Now, it doesn't sound like it's anywhere near as major as it was the first time around, but still the tissue quality is is injured. It's healing. It's not as strong as it typically is. So that one likely leads to less throw power because we push off a right-handed quarterback pushes off his right leg, including that calf muscle, to create power. But two, it's at a higher risk for another injury, which we don't want to see. So I'm I'm becoming a little concerned about Burrow, especially the fact that he's QB 32. On the season after two weeks. So even in these two games that he played, he didn't play well. And could that be because of the calf injury? Certainly could be. Or that could be a factor at least. So absolutely don't drop him. But I would not blame anybody for benching him this week, even if he does suit up Monday night. Um if you're not really interested in benching him because he's a superstar. But you still have to monitor if he's even going to play Monday night. So you've got to have backups ready. Stafford's one that you could probably find on the waivers right now. Baker Mayfield as well. Those are two guys that you should, if you're planning on playing Joe Burrow, you should be stashing them on your bench now at least. Um, Because if your opponent is smart, they will do that too to screw you. If you wait too long. But to summarize, yeah, I'm concerned. I'm I'm concerned over these next couple of weeks. If they do everything right, though, from a rehab standpoint, by week six on, he should be back to himself.
0: Yeah, I love that you say that as well because I've been I was sort of scared for what you were gonna say about Burrow here because I've been telling people, uh, my I have a trade target video I do every week, and my biggest buy is Jamar Chase with the idea that. Things suck right now, but if you can buy him at a discount, Jamar Chase could be, Jamar Chase in this Bengals offense, my my understanding is the most important weeks of fantasy is down the stretch, right? When we're winning money and there's the playoffs and everything, my understanding is that from like probably weeks 10 on, I know you just had six, I, their bye week is seven. So if you want to make it like week eight on, they should be the, the Bengals we know and love. Like Burrow at this point has been to a Super Bowl, has been amazing before. Jamar Chase is amazing as well. These are talented players. So that's that was sort of my understanding, too, is that this calf injury, yes, it sucks, but it seems like it's something that shouldn't be an issue by the time we get to week eight, nine, ten, right? And it kind of will go to the wayside. So it is something to be uh very on top of right now. And I will say, uh, I have my home league and I felt like such an idiot last night. I got the you get that ESPN notification of like, okay, this player's been ad dropped. And it wasn't even a guy who I was playing against trying to screw me over, he just had Anthony Richardson and he picked him up. Uh, And he picked up Stafford. And I was like, damn, Like that would have been smart to pick up Stafford, just have him there just in case. Because I have a Burrow chase stack, which has been pretty brutal to have here. But um, now Baker's my backup plan, which, you know, Baker's been okay recently. Uh, But, yeah, 100%. If you have Burrow, please pick up Stafford uh, or pick up Baker. But if you are in a spot, there's some leagues where it's like your bench is too shallow and you can't afford to carry a second quarterback. Wait it out to the very last minute and then maybe grab Baker uh as like sort of an emergency grab there now we have a player who supposed to play on Thursday night didn't play we have Saquon Barkley I'm curious kind of I I mean I I tweeted out almost immediately they were like oh Saquon's a fast healer he might play Thursday I mean there was just no chance he was playing there was there was zero percent chance he was playing Thursday um so I'm just curious it seems like I mean I remember watching it on Sunday when he suffered the injury it looked really bad where he like kind of got rolled up on Um, I'm curious sort of what you saw in terms of what that injury looked like and, uh, kind of the recovery timeline here on a little bit of a rest week coming off the Thursday night game.
1: Well, right from the start, it looked like a high ankle sprain and we got the bogus report saying, I believe the wording was it's an ordinary ankle sprain, whatever the hell that means. But, um, the, and the interpretation of that is a lateral ankle sprain because it's much, much, much more common, much less significant. Now, Saquon admitted on Thursday, no, it's a high ankle sprain, which is what we all thought. The problem with high ankle sprains is, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, if you think about the anatomy, you got the two bones in the shin, the tibia and the fibula, they're held together by some connective tissues to make a nice, snug, firm connection with the foot to create the ankle joint. With a significant enough high ankle sprain, which we, we don't have clarity on how severe Saquon's is. But it looked bad. Um, with a significant enough high ankle sprain, these bones get separated from each other to some degree. And that connective tissue gets injured to some degree, depending on how significant it is. Now you no longer have a nice, stable, rigid ankle to push off of when you're sprinting, cutting, etc. And it's, the, the word instability is used. So you're not able to create as much force when you push off. And it hurts. Pain is going to always inhibit function as well. So sometimes those can heal fine. Sometimes they don't. Jonathan Taylor is an example of a time where it does not heal well. And with Saquon, yes, he's a freak of an athlete. Absolutely one of a kind. But running back still average missing two and a half games with high ankle sprains. And we'll see how he does this upcoming week. I think it would be a little quick to expect a 100% himself Saquon Barkley if he plays in week four. Uh, But that said, like 75% Saquon Barkley is better than whoever is on your bench, most likely. So this is one that we'll definitely revisit next week. it's, It's possible this could affect him all season long, but we don't usually see that. Jonathan Taylor was a case last year where it did affect him all season. So hopefully they give Saquon enough time to heal, to rehab properly and not just force him back there to where it certainly could get re-injured like Jonathan Taylor's did. But they are not exact, the team's not exactly off to the best start this year, so they may be pushing to get him back as, as fast as possible. And that offense is awful without him. Um, so definitely one that could go either way. It, it, but at the moment, not good. For week four, I would not expect him to be himself if he plays, but one we'll definitely revisit next week.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they rushed him back either. Like you said, like the offense has looked pretty tough without him. At home versus Seahawks, I think it's a winnable game if he plays. We'll see. I, they were also throwing around some quotes that he's like a fast healer, which is just – I feel like that's just such a funny thing to say. Like I don't know. I guess most pro athletes are probably fast healers. But we have Austin Eckler here, a similar thing, where I believe it's an ankle, sprain, it's an ankle injury of some sort. What can we expect with Eckler? Because it, it – it, He didn't necessarily, I don't think he left the Miami game in week one. Uh, Maybe he did with the injury, and then he hasn't played since week one. So when can we kind of expect him to come back? I mean, he has a bye week in week five, so that kind of gives him a little bit of a a break here after week four. Uh, What do we think there?
1: Well, if you look at the video, this also looked like a high ankle sprain. So everything I just said about Saquon from the anatomy and how it affects function standpoint, that's going to hold for Eckler as well. And what we got this week from coach Staley was a quote. We'll see how it goes here in the next few weeks. End quote. That doesn't give me confidence that he's going to play soon. And with that week five bye, they may choose to just hold him until after that, especially with, I know Kelly didn't play great last week, but we've seen Josh Kelly be a serviceable running back in this league many times in his career. So I would think that they may be cautious with him. Um, Again, he's not playing this week. We know that. So this is, again, one that we'll revisit next week. But if you're making plans over the next couple weeks for running backs, you may want to add some depth because I would not be surprised if they hold Eckler out until week six after their bye.
0: Yeah, that's what it seems like. It would make a lot of sense for that to happen. I will say Kelly didn't look great last week, but also they played against the Titans who just have the best rush defense in the NFL where they always make guys kind of look uh, pedestrian there. Since I think like last year, they had like, yeah, they're one of these defenses where they give up the second least amount of points to running backs and they give up the third most to wide receivers. So it just creates this environment where teams don't want to run on them and they just end up passing the ball. This week, they play the Vikings, who let DeAndre Swift rush for 170 yards. So Josh Kelly, to me, I have him as like a top 12 play this week. So if anyone's out there or if anyone is out there thinking Josh Kelly, he sucks, I can't start him because last week was a, you know, a train wreck. You can start him this week. He'll be fine. Uh, We also have Bryce Young with an ankle injury. I didn't really catch that one. Uh, That was the Monday night doubleheader. Uh, He wasn't playing well at all. Now, it seems like he popped up with an ankle. He's not going to be playing here. Uh, When can we kind of expect Bryce Young to be back? And uh, how serious do we think this injury is for him?
1: It doesn't sound too bad. They're saying he'll possibly be ready week four. If not, then it should be week five. Um, now, they haven't, or at least I haven't seen reports on if it's the right or the left ankle, but that could potentially impact his throwing. If it's the right, again, just like we talked about with Burrow, that's how he's going to generate his power. But then you, sh- the, the thrower shifts their weight to the left foot during the follow-through, which if, you, if your ankle is, is injured there and you don't have all the... The strength and stability there, that could a- impact accuracy a little bit, but that's really just when it's a more severe injury. This sounds pretty minor, so I don't expect much impact on his game when he returns. With quarterbacks, we only see a 6% decline in fantasy production after an ankle injury. That's not a whole lot, but he's also a guy that, unless it's a 2QB two, two QB league, you're not starting him right now. So, in redraft, you don't even he doesn't he doesn't need to be rostered in one QB redraft leagues, but in dynasty leagues, don't expect this to be a long term issue. Continue to hold him.
0: Yep, and it's funny, like if you, I mean, they're not great options like Adam Thielen, Hurst, or Sanders, but to me, I don't think Andy Dalton's really a sizable downgrade or maybe even a downgrade at all. So the skill position players to me are pretty unchanged there. Uh, next, we do have DeAndre Hopkins, who we talked about last week. He had like, I think he didn't practice all week. Uh, then he comes out and plays. He only played like a third, or he only played two thirds of the snaps, which kind of limited him a ton or limited him a ton a ton in terms of getting targets and getting fantasy points. Can we expect him to sort of get on the field more than sixty percent of the snaps this week? Uh, sort of where where is he trending in terms of uh, recovery here?
1: Well, he didn't practice at all again this week, which is that might just be the norm for him because he's such a veteran. Yeah. being new to the team, I would like to see him get more practice to develop more of a rapport with Tanhill, especially because he was such a late sign. Um, but you know, he's thirty or thirty-one or something. He thirty-one. He might just not practice much all year. Really, we saw that with Julio for so long. Um, I, I'm a little bearish on him simply because he had that sixty percent snap rate last week. Not practicing this week, I would doubt we see a ninety-plus snap rate. Um, so, I think he's a fringe flex at best. If you've got better options, play him. Not the end of the world if you need to play DeAndre Hopkins. So, I just don't know that we're going to see a 20 plus point game from him.
0: Yeah, I have him. I think I have him outside well, my top 30 ish wide receivers. He is a tough start this week. He's playing against the Browns as well, where the Browns are really the only defense holding a candle to the Cowboys right now. The Browns defense is really, really tough to score on. Yeah, they are allowing the second least fantasy points to wide receivers. So, If you have another option, definitely look at Hopkins. Uh, I am curious as well, what's our confidence level on Waddle playing? What can we sort of expect? Uh, What what can you sort of expect in general from a player in terms of percent chance of playing during concussion protocol? And then if you do play, the sort of uh, performance hit there.
1: The chance of playing is so variable because concussions are unique to every single person based off a number of factors like how hard was how, how serious of a concussion was it based off, you know, the mechanism of the hit and things like that. Have they had previous concussions? Because we know that previous concussions, one, make it less of an impact needed for a ne- next concussion. Two, also typically takes longer to recover from that concussion. Um, but the good news is that we don't really expect any Impact on production from a concussion when they return from it. So with with a player like Jalen Waddle, and we'll know if he's gonna play or not before the game. It's as simple as is he playing? You start him. Is he not playing? You don't start him. It's encouraging that he has not been ruled out yet. We saw Anthony Richardson already ruled out. Um, I believe there's a couple of other players that were already ruled out with concussion, but the fact that Waddle has not tells us that he could potentially be ready to clear that protocol by Sunday
0: yeah exactly pretty much you just have to have a backup option in case of that midnight report comes out and it says he's unlikely to play from there you figure out something for your flex but if he plays you play him this could be a huge week against the Broncos this week I think they're giving up top five most explosive plays and we know Waddle is known for the big plays now we have another concussion here uh Anthony Richardson he's already ruled out I wanted to sort of pick your brain on just like I guess Andy Richardson in general, I I imagine like team trainers kind of hold their breath with Andy Richardson when he plays. Uh, I'm sort of curious. I mean, what we had the leg injury last week. Now we have the concussion. Uh, I, I guess I'm curious one if the concussion will affect him heading into next week in terms of his status to play. And then on top of that, kind of like, what do you think about a guy like Andy Richardson, where you know he is is not that is there no hope for Andy Richardson, but like he is. Running into injuries here, uh, is it unlikely, or is it kind of, or is it just not lucky, or is it sort of his running style definitely invites these things and is sort of a uh concern moving forward?
1: I think it's it's a little of both. He's gonna have to learn to protect himself, and we hear about it seems like we hear about this every year with the the new running quarterbacks. Like they have to learn how to protect themselves. To that's just. The guys are built different in the NFL than they are in college. And someone like him, who's so big, he's used to being the biggest guy on the field in college. That's not the case anymore. So he could absolutely see him continuing to get hurt because of his playing style until he learns. So hard to know when that'll happen, if that'll happen. But we definitely don't like to see in your first two career games, two injuries based off like, you know, a running quarterback as well as far as when he'll be ready again like I said with Waddle it's so variable for every single person that we just have to monitor practice reports next week but hopefully he'll be ready to go
0: yeah it is an interesting push and pull I hope missing a week and getting to sit back and sort of watch maybe he sort of you know thinks about it a little bit differently but Regardless, he is electric. He's also 245 pounds, so these things do feel a little bit freaky. Where I don't know, you see your Josh Allen play with no regard for his body at all at that size, and does all right. I mean, two game sample, two games of getting hurt, but I do think better days are ahead. And he looked electric, like he he well, he put up 17 points, and he didn't play past the first quarter last week. Like that's insanity. So, yeah, that's um, good. <laughs> Richardson, yeah, he's gonna be once he plays a full game, he's going to be in your lineup, uh, and he's going to be amazing there. Now, and I'll also say Minshew is a great backup QB. Uh, So anybody that's on the Colts, to me, isn't really affected by the injury at all, because I think Minshew can still carry the offense just fine. Uh, And then we have Amon Ross St. Brown, which I heard. I don't know if this was a a real report, but I heard they showed like them putting a steel thing in his uh, shoe. What's going on there? He's got some sort of toe thing going on, I guess.
1: Yeah, a turf toe injury. So with that, the, the steel plate is designed to help protect some of the ligaments and tendons that are injured underneath the toe. The These can be tricky because what we see is either it really affects a player and lingers, or it's not a problem like Calvin Ridley and even Terry McLaurin now. And it's typically dependent on how severe of an injury it is. So like with Terry McLaurin, Ron Rivera told us right away the MRI showed pretty much nothing, which told us that it was a grade one injury at worst with no tissue damage, just some inflammation, irritation. Uh, we have not gotten reports like that for Aman Ra, but the fact that he's been progressing his participation in practice each day this week tells us that it's not very severe. Um, and the way a turf toe can impact running is the toe has to extend or bend upwards About 90 degrees with running, so that can put a lot of stress on the injured tissue, and that's what the plate there is helping to protect against. Now, this is also the type of injury that's really going to impact top speed the most, where there's the most force going through that toe, jumping as well. Amon Ra, while he has great speed, he typically works kind of intermediate routes. So I don't think that this is going to bother him too much, even if if it is lingering a little bit into the game. He's such a target hog that you would be crazy to sit him this week, even with this injury. Um, could it possibly see a little bit of a decrease in his production? Sure, but even that, he's still so good. It does not sound like this is a major injury. You have to start him.
0: Yeah, he's a wide receiver too at worst if he plays here. And I do like this this matchup versus the Falcons where I think it could be these home games in Detroit have shooed out uh, historically. So I think that that should be a fun game for him. Uh, I'm not really sure what they're dealing with in terms of their – I don't think that their slot corner or slot coverage in general is very good on the Falcons. Uh, next up we have another toe injury, uh, Derrick Henry. Is this one uh, – I don't think we've heard anything in terms of steel inside of the shoe. Uh, what's going on with Derrick Henry and like how, how serious is this one? Not very. They took him
1: off the injury report. He is good to go. It sounds like it was more of just letting him rest. I expect no limitations at all for him.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you have Henry stardom, even with a little bit of an injury designation, he's like a top five running back for me. It I've said said this entire video, but running back is so ugly right now. Uh, If you have Derrick Henry, he's going in your lineup uh, we also have from the Thursday game. We have Brandon Ayuk, who had a shoulder injury, uh, which I guess was uh, an AC joint sprain. Which I remember, I think Jefferson had that before his second year, like in the offseason. Uh What what's going? What is an AC sprain, and kind of what what is the uh, concern with the shoulder there?
1: So the AC joint is where it, it stands for acromioclavicular. There's a the little part of the shoulder blade called the acromion and then the clavicle is your collarbone it's just where they meet there's some ligaments that hold them together and it can it's super common for football players especially receivers for that to get injured and it typically happens when you're diving or get tackled directly on the shoulder and it definitely depending on the severity can be a problem but if he was fighting to play this week it tells me it's not that severe um and i'm expecting him to push again to play next week with any kind of upper body injury i'm typically less concerned about its impact on how they'll play because it's not going to affect his ability to get open it's not going to affect his ability to run after catch they're not going to put him out there if he doesn't have the shoulder range of motion to reach above his head and make a make a catch um so I'm not overly concerned about him next week if he plays or long-term. We do see on the fantasyinjuryteam.com, our data shows about a 33% drop in fantasy production in the first game back for receivers, but it's not a huge sample size. It's only 13. However, out of those 13, only two of them were able to meet or exceed their pre-injury baseline in that first game back. So, our data does show a little bit of a decline in production. I think that's more correlated with the 10% dip in snap rate that we see when receivers return from this injury more so than the injury actually affecting their ability to produce on a per-play basis. So with a guy like Ayuk who has big play potential has numerous 20 plus point fantasy games on his resume. If he plays next week, I think you just ignore that 33% hit and start him.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to also, uh, just a little bit of a add-on here. I know Debo, uh, he went down with like, he got tackled by a bunch of guys. He went off to the side, and then he just like scores a touchdown right after. Uh, but it is something I went live yesterday. People were a little bit concerned about it. Uh, is there any real concern with the rib injury? It seems like he's day-to-day, but it doesn't look too, too serious.
1: The reports I saw this morning were fractures ruled out. So, boom, that's great. Just dealing with soreness. It's doesn't sound too major. Debo is an absolute man. So yeah. <laughs> with <laughs> with like eleven days rest, uh, he'll probably be fine. Um, one that we'll definitely revisit next week, but we don't typically expect much decline in production after a rib injury.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, someone that we didn't actually touch on last week because he sort of flew under the radar. Amari Cooper. He I think it was a groin injury. Like it seemed like he was not after the the Schefter tweet. It seemed like he was not going to play, and then Monday comes around, he not only plays. Like he gets like nine targets for 70 yards and seven catches like he he was really good last week if you actually started him. Uh what's our concern moving forward with Amari Cooper?
1: Not much. Um and I put out a tweet on this f- Monday when they announced that he was going to play cuz it, it was very surprising, at the very last second. But actually the stats that we have on fantasyinjuryteam.com for groin injuries, no decline in production for receivers, and that's like I, if I remember off the top of my head, 50% or more of receivers when they return from a groin injury pick up right where they left off from, like, either meeting or exceeding their pre-injury fantasy production. So I had put that out in a tweet, and I had tons of people tweeting at me, like, should I start him over X, Y, and Z? And, and you know, if you ended up starting him, that worked out really well for you. So we haven't heard anything about any setbacks, so I expect this to be not a problem
0: yeah it seems like he'll be good to go and this is a great matchup for him too at home versus the Titans, we talked about earlier pass funnel uh where their run defense is amazing Mark Cooper at home his road home splits have been crazy the past few years uh and then we also have dk metcalf it seems like he has some kind of rib injury it doesn't seem too too serious but i'm curious uh if there's any concern there in terms of re-injury rate kind of what to expect uh in this next game and i guess just rib injuries in general in football i know uh you prefer the uh, upper body to lower body with these wide receivers as well.
1: Yeah. Typically ribs. If it's quarterback, we saw it really injured or really affect Herbert last year, Rogers as well. But as long as they have the ability to, to move through their full ranges of motion in the torso and the shoulders, they should be okay. Definitely hurts a lot to get hit in the ribs. And there's a lot of muscular attachments on the ribs, the lats, the pecs, the obliques, which are very involved in running, cutting, catching, etc. But this is one, this is a type of injury that I'm really closely monitoring what the beat writers are saying. And I'm not seeing a whole lot of concern with DK Metcalf. So I think you star him as you typically would. Sometimes these types of injuries, if it's just soreness and not like a true fracture or cartilage injury, it feels better once they get moving. Um so I'm at the moment I'm not seeing enough to scare me away from starting DK this week.
0: Yeah, exactly. I have them as like a low end wide receiver too. It's not a great matchup either. They're I believe at home versus the Panthers and the Panthers have just been so bad that teams end up just running the ball all over them. Uh, and then the last player I have written down is David Montgomery. People kind of want updates on, like, was it even? In, is it even in the cards that he plays this week? When are we sort of expecting him to be back? How serious is that thigh injury uh, with David Montgomery here?
1: So again, whenever I hear thigh injury, I'm typically interpreting that as a quad injury because they'll tell you is it a hamstring injury or a groin injury. So I'm interpreting that as a, a quad injury, which the quad's super involved in sprinting cutting power etc and montgomery even said that he's he's gonna miss a few weeks running backs average missing 1.9 weeks with quad injuries and they see a decline of 16 percent points in their first game back fantasy points on average my my concern is is not will he be able to get back to 100 percent in three four weeks it's is this time for jameer gibbs to take over that backfield Because he's going to have the keys at least this week, probably next week. So I think we could start to see a shift where we saw in the first two games, Montgomery was the clear lead back. We may start to see that shift now that gives us being given the opportunity. Because if he goes off for 120 all-purpose yards and a touchdown or two, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we should probably give this guy the ball more. It's going to help our offense a lot. And Montgomery's a nice player, but he does not profile nearly as explosive as Gibbs. So, I think he's definitely going to miss a couple of weeks. May see a dip in production in the first game or two back, but even after that, I think Gibbs is going to have the keys to this backfield at least more than he did in the first two games.
0: Yeah, that's how how I feel about it as well. Is that this it does open the door up for Gibbs, but. The I will say the positive side for people who have Montgomery is that Gibbs is never going to be a 300 plus touchback, you know, so Montgomery still will get his 10 plus carries and probably some goal line looks uh, here and there as well. Um, So I wouldn't say all is lost Montgomery running back is so bad right now that he's actually probably a fine start once he's back as well. Um, And I will say Craig Reynolds, like kind of a if you're, you know, you're dumpster diving here. Craig Reynolds is a decent kind of like fringe start. Uh, at running back. Now, that's all the players I have listed. Um, I'm just curious if you have anybody that we didn't touch on that you wanted to cover um, before we get out of here.
1: Those are all the big ones. I mean, surprise, surprise, Kadarius. Tony is on the injury report with a toe. Um, I, man, I hope that guy can figure it out, but I just don't know that he can withstand the force and, and the violence of the NFL game, but he's so fun to watch when he when he is playing. Um, but no, that's, that's all I've got.
0: The Joker, Kadarius, Tony. Yeah. He's also, he's crazy too, where the way that, the way that he cuts and the way that he just can stop on a dime as well is almost like detrimental to his body. Yeah. Um, he had that, he has like one, he has a famous clip in college, I think against Florida state where he like cuts a certain way and he like just barely grazes the ground. Um, you can just see how much stress he puts on his body with his play style. Um, but I do appreciate you coming out here. Tom, Christ, as always, the Fantasy Injury Team, make sure you check all that stuff out. Um, do you have anything that you want to promote or uh, tell people to look forward to before uh, we get out of here?
1: Uh, just make sure you subscribe to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast on all platforms. Our YouTube channel as well is Fantasy Injury Team. and You can follow me on Twitter or X at Fantasy Injury T and then the Fantasy Injury Team at Injury underscore Fantasy.
0: Yep, and I'll make sure I link all of those down below, I believe, in the description, probably comment section as well. I appreciate when that comes out here, watches the show. These are, to me, some of the most uh, info-packed and actionable videos that we do here uh, on the Ron Stewart channel. But as always, I appreciate when they came out here um, and watch. As always, leave a like, subscribe, and I will see you guys in the next one.
1: Stones like this froze, ice cold. Oh, oh, I surround my body like.